Hey, thanks for stopping in to check out the program. This is Jason, and we're in the sanctuary. I'm thinking about calling this episode the Who, What, Where episode. I'm not sure yet, but if you're listening to this, then you probably already know what I decided. I'm going to spend a little more time introducing the program today. There's a few things that I wanted to say, kind of get off my chest, uh, I don't know, sort of... I've put a few episodes down, uh, not too many, we just really barely got this thing started, but uh, there are a few things that I wanted to get out there right out front and as I've told you before um, as you know I go to United Christian Fellowship Port Natchez Texas and um, their beliefs are my beliefs the things that are taught there at the church are the things that I believe and the things that I also teach but I need to tell you that my wife, Mango, knows me so much better than anyone else. And she she used to call me Mystery Date. And I don't know if you remember the Mystery Date game that came out for, I guess, a, mainly for girls, I would assume, because it was a, like a random spin to tell what the date was going to be wearing. It, it, sometimes he might end up with a tuxedo top and Bermuda shorts and penny loafers or whatever. But uh, So apparently Mango had this game when she was a little girl. And uh, then she married me. And uh, the game became a reality because whenever we would be meeting for lunch or for dinner or what have you, um, she never knew what I would be wearing when I showed up. Um, the kind of work that I do, and I'm, I'm always covered in paint or have uh, shingle asphalt crumbs in my hair, sawdust in my ears, and you just never know what's going to happen. So she knows me really well. And the, the other reason she called me Mystery Date is because she never knew what I was going to say whenever the waitress or the waiter would show up at the at the table I could just spew out you know any old thing and so she was always cautious and and wary of that so I gained the nickname mystery date well knowing me as she does she's asked me to express to you that while I believe and teach the same things as United Christian Fellowship Church not everything I say and not all of my opinionated viewpoints are reflective of United Christian Fellowship and so you can't hold them at fault for the things that I'm going to say on the program now as I've told you before it's not a political program it's not if you're lo- looking for me to talk about politics every time you you've come to the wrong place go check out Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity um, if you're looking for political correctness we're not going to do that either um, we're not going to be politically incorrect because we're not really going to, if I talk about politics, it's going to be because politics are on the forefront of the news cycle that day or that week and they're what's on my mind. And so that's when politics are going to come out of my mouth. Now the show won't be politically correct. As I said, it will be 
to the best of my ability, biblically correct. Well, as I said, I'm thinking about calling this who, what, where, and this is why. And we'll start with the where and work our way backwards. I already told you the who. I'm mystery date. So you never know when you're listening what's going to pop out of my mouth. And let's face it, since it's audio, you don't know what I'm wearing. <laughs> so, um, praise the Lord for that. Amen? The where. I live in America. You already know that. I'm in Southeast Texas. I'm an American. The where is the, I want to say, United States of America. It's starting to look otherwise in the, the political landscape. Um, we're pretty much a, a divided union. That sounds like an oxymoron, a divided union. Praise the Lord. We'll get back. We'll get back there. We are definitely the land of the free and the home of the easily offended. So here's the thing. On my show, there are going to come times when I'm talking about a subject that you're passionate about. And you agree with me, baby. Go, Jason. You got it. Preach it, brother. Preach it. And you're going to be all about it. And then there's going to be other times when I say things that might step on your pet sin. And you're about that. Jason's just a hater. He's one of them unaccepting, intolerant, racist, bigot, blankophobe haters. Yeah, I said blankophobe. It's like you can take anything and add phobe on the back of it you think oh this guy he hates whatever it is that i stand for he's a homophobe or a xenophobe or he's a whatever kind of phobia it is that you think somebody has or if that's a way to label them as someone that you disagree with well that's not true the fact of the matter is if you're listening to this i think it's because you know me i think it's because you know that when I share something with you, it's going to be something from the scriptures. And it's going to be, as I said, to the best of my ability, it's going to be rightly discerned. The Bible says we're to rightly divide the word of truth. So keep in mind, and, and listen, if you need to pause for a moment and go put on your big boy or big girl pants and then come back and hit play again, please, I urge you to do that. Because when I speak to you on the program, I'm going to be speaking about some things that you, like I said, once again, you may or may not agree with. I believe when I read the scriptures, and I'm not, listen, I don't have an agenda. I'm not going to purposefully set out to get on your toes. The Bible says very plainly to give no offense to either the Jew or the Gentile or the church. Well, that's everybody. I mean, there's not a single person alive on the planet that does not fall into one of those three categories, either the Jew or the Gentile or the church. And so with that in mind, of course, I'm not going to purposefully offend you. I'm not going to try to hurt your feelings. But as I study the scriptures, topics are going to come up like homosexuality. I'm sorry about your feelings, where you're at on it. Homosexuality is a sin. Is it more of a sin than stealing? Is it more of a sin than adultery? I don't believe so. But when I get on the subject of it, if the subject comes up, keep in mind that I'm not trying to hurt you, but you may feel hurt. You might not want to 
listen anymore and you know I can't stop you from leaving that's you know that's gonna be up to you but bear in mind that the things I say I say in love see whether or not it, you're a homosexual I'm on your side I'm for you whether you call yourself a Christian or a Hindu Muslim Buddhist any of that Hare Krishna I don't care since this show is a Christian program, since I'm going to be speaking the truth to you from a Christian scriptural point of view from the Word of God, then let me just take a moment to tell you that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. If you have not, you're a lost person. No matter what you call yourself, no matter what ideologies you follow, no matter what, any of that stuff, it doesn't matter to me. There's two types of people listening to this program. Saved people and lost people. And no matter which category you fall into, I'm for you. I'm on your side. If you're a thief, you're an adulterer, uh, you're a drunkard, you're a drug addict, I'm on your side. I'm for you. But being for you and loving you and being on your side means that I need to tell you the truth that you grow. I need to tell you the truth even when it hurts, even when it's something that you don't want to hear. So, to the best of my ability, and you're welcome to send me your, your hate mail, and Jason, I hate you, and I can't believe you said that, and I'm never listening to your show again, and you just lost, whatever. Uh, I can't stop you once again, I can't stop you from leaving. But if you'll stay, if you'll pause and, and put on your, like I say, big boy, big girl pants, if you'll get the chip off of your shoulder, if you'll stop assuming that just because someone believes something that's different than what you believe, that if you'll stop assuming that that person hates you or is out to get you, if you'll just stop with the mentality that everybody is against what whatever it is that your belief is, you know. Uh, so listen, uh, if you... <laughs> If we get on the subject of abortion, and we may at some point, we're not going to do that now. That's not what the show's about today. Today, the show's about who, what, where. We're in America. What is the show? The show's about me telling you the truth from a scriptural basis. We're going to do interviews with people. They may or may not agree with me. I, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be an interesting show either way. If you hear me talk about abortion, I'm against it. I'm not for that, but I'm for you. If you've had an abortion in the past, please don't, don't continue to beat yourself up because there's forgiveness. There's a way back from that. If you're thinking about having an abortion now, please reconsider because there are a lot of other options out there. I, I don't want to harp too much on that. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But just bear in mind that if I talk about stealing, a thief is going to get upset. If I talk about adultery, then those people that are out there uh, sleeping with their secretary while their wife is at home, they might get a little offended by that. They might get a little upset, upset about that and start squirming around. But the fact of the matter is, there's a way back. And that's kind of what I want to present in this show, in this podcast. I, I want it to be a place where anybody can come and listen to the truth. 
I want it to be a place where anybody can come and whether it convicts you, whether the word of God convicts you, or whether it encourages, or whether or not it acknowledges that you are doing things right, you are doing things God's way. I want all of these things because all of them are for you. All of them are for your good. There's a way back. If we can stop getting so upset with one another because we have different beliefs. If we can stop getting so offended and, did you hear that? <laughs> Obviously a big jerk. Listen, if I say something that hurts your feelings, bear in mind, before you turn off the podcast, before you switch me off, uh, uh, just shut me out and not listen anymore, before you do that, wait just a moment, because I'm about to back it up with scripture. If ever I say anything that just makes you want to just shut everything down and forget you ever heard the name Jason Gospel or start sending me the hate mail or whatever it is, keep in mind, I'm about to back it up with scripture. If I haven't already given you the scripture. Okay, enough of that. Thank you for bearing with me while I got a little long-winded there. Today on the program, we're going to have Brother Kyle Costin from Riverside, Texas. He is a pastor of Faith Baptist Church over there. He's a longtime friend of mine, and he's going to come on. He'll get a word in about forgiveness. But first, I wanted to share a story with you from the Old Testament. It's in the book of 2 Kings, and it's in chapter 6. We're going to just read verses 1 through 7. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan, and let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he said, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. What I want to look at is just that, that last part I wanted to give you the the full seven verses just so you get an idea of what was happening. But what we really want to look at is verse 6. When the man of God said, where did it fall? That's a question that we hear all throughout scripture. It's not just in this location and it doesn't actually have anything to do. See, the beautiful thing about the Old Testament is if we can really learn and understand the Old Testament, it will help us understand and know the New Testament, and it will help us understand and know the God that we claim to love and serve. See, God's asked that same question all throughout the scriptures. To Adam, the question went like this, Adam, where are you? God knew where Adam was. He asked Cain, Cain, where is your brother? Here the question goes, 
Where did it fall? God already knows the answers to these questions. He knows where you went wrong. He knows when it is that you went from being someone who follows him to someone who's gone astray. He knows where it is that you fell. He, he knew exactly where the axe head was. But listen, when God asks you questions like, Adam, where are you? When he says things to you like, where did it fall? He's What he's actually trying to do is to get you to recognize your sin. He's trying to get you to recognize what it is that's separating you from him because he hasn't turned away. He told you, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I gave my son. I gave everything for you. I gave my life on the cross so that you and I could have the relationship that you were created for in the first place. I need you, he says. God says, I need you to recognize where the problem is because the Bible says in in 1 John 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. How stupid is it just to sit there and not acknowledge our issue, the, the one thing that keeps us separated from God? How stupid is it just to clam up, sit there, deny responsibility, deny I've done anything wrong? You know, the scripture says there's none good. No, not one. All have fallen short. Amen. All have sinned. Let God be true and every man a liar. Why would you continue to proclaim your own perfection? Continue to deny your own imperfections, deny your own sin, and not confess to the Lord God, the one who can save you? He's just asking you one thing. Where did you go wrong? Why aren't we together? It's not God's fault. Where did it fall? Let's hear from Kyle. Oh, Kyle, uh, after much trial, I finally got you on this uh, on this call. And I just wanted to ask you a few questions about your missionary ministry that you started. OK, all right. So um, let's see. Last time I saw you, you were still president of Servants of the King, right? Yeah, that's that is correct. So uh, I, we did some missionary work together, actually, for quite a few years with them. Um, but you recently, uh, I guess what, it's been a, a year, two years now, you uh, started your own missionary thing. What's that called? What's that ministry called? Uh, yeah, it's been about a year and a half. And uh, my wife and I started God's Redeeming Love International. Uh, we still are going back and forth to uh, Uganda, uh, working there with the people's preaching the gospel and discipling uh, and then just kind of meeting some of the physical needs as, as God brings them our way. Right. Okay. That's good. I will. Uh, I, uh, I know that you guys are planning on going back again in July. I'm hoping to go with you. And so have you seen um, a really good, I don't want to say return because obviously there's, there's really no profit in what you're doing. It's just, it's all expense, but it's part of the sacrifice if you love people. Um, but have you seen a good spiritual return as far as, uh, uh, are we seeing a lot of salvations through your ministry? Are we seeing some healings? Tell me some of the amazing things that God's doing over there with y'all. Well, so, some, of the, some of the amazing things to me in the last uh, year and a half, uh, just this last September, uh, we took a group. 
August, September, and uh, we went to several schools and we did a small conference. Uh, we saw about, if I remember, around 1,500 salvations wow. uh, while we were there. Uh, fed, I don't know how many, two or 3,000 pounds of beans and rice to the children as we, you know, we always tried to feed them and as we uh, share the gospel with them. Uh, one amazing thing is we ended up going to a Muslim school to share the gospel in a Muslim community and saw several hundred of those children give their life to Christ Wow! while we were there. And to the point, some of them were saying, well, what do I go home and tell my parents? Um, so it uh, that's a difficult place. But yet, when you think about eternity, it certainly exceeds the temporary that we live in. Right. Sure. Praise the Lord. Well, that's awesome. Um, what's the biggest group you've ever had go over there? Uh, well, this, this last time for, with God's redeeming love, we took, uh, 14. Wow. Uh, 14 people. Uh, and besides the schools, we, we had some conferences with adults, uh, and went out in some of the area neighborhoods, if you will, and uh, just kind of evangelized and, and tried to draw them into an evening service where we, uh, preached the gospel again. Well, that reminds me of the old days when we used to go over there with servants and do that. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I, it does. I remember one time in particular uh, when I went, um, you guys were there, you and your beautiful wife, Kathy, and uh, my daughter, who was 16 at the time, Monica, she was there, yes. and uh, we, we camped out up on that hill, and there was actually on that trip, there were 18 missionaries. And uh, we had tents spread out all over. Um, and at, that night, it looked really cool when everybody had a light on in their tent. And it looked, it was just really good. It looked like Mazungu had landed. It was, uh, <laughs> and I, in fact, if, uh, if memory serves, uh, I slept really hard that night. And when I got up, everybody in the camp was complaining that they didn't get much sleep because somebody had snored so loud. And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I slept just fine. Yeah, uh, I kind of so. think the walls on your tent were coming in and out, <laughs> in and out, in and out. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a really good trip. And uh, I know that we've, we've seen a lot of good trips and we've seen a lot of salvations. And you, um, uh, you've been out to the islands of uh, Lake Victoria also? Uh, yes, uh, I've been out there a couple of times to the islands, um, hoping in the future maybe to uh, make another trip to some of the islands with the gospel. All right. Praise the Lord. So uh, what are the plans for this July? What's going to be happening when we go over there? Well, this July, uh, uh, we'll we'll hit a few schools. Um, I hadn't quite got the details of the, the schedule yet, uh, but going to do some... Um, Conference, short conferences, and I say conference evangelistic, if you will, in some areas, and then uh, probably spend a few days discipling some of the local church leaders and pastors, uh, just preaching and teaching and encouraging those folks uh, in, to go back and, and with a little fire and passion to their villages and uh, share the gospel themselves. All right. Well, praise the Lord, Kyle. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And uh, let's see, uh, I know I've mentioned this already in the program uh, before I got you on here. You are pastor of Faith Baptist in Riverside, Texas, correct? 
Yes, sir, that is correct. And so uh, tell me about your congregation over there. Uh, well, we're a relatively small community church, um, and we've really just the last six or eight months uh, kind of had a little growth spurt. Uh, recently had um, uh, some salvations in our church, and uh, we work with several of the other churches in the community. Uh, even yearly, we have a, a tent revival that involves now up to about 10 churches come together and uh, each pastor preaches one sermon during the week, uh, have two sermons a night, uh, kind of brings the community together all together at one place to uh, to do a little worship and maybe reach out to some of the others around us. Amen. Uh, I'm excited about our church. We, uh, uh, as small as we are, we, we run around 40, 45 on Sunday mornings and uh, but yet very, very mission-minded church. They like to reach out uh, even around the world or, or across the street just to uh, try to draw people in. Yeah, well, Kyle, uh, full disclosure for everybody listening in podcast land, I've been to your church, and 45 people, That it is a small church, and so that's a really good-sized congregation for the size of the building you're in. It's Y'all are... Uh, outside the walls whether you want to be or not, amen? <laughs> and uh, yeah. Praise the Lord. And also, uh, y'all got a, at least t- last time I was involved with y'all, you have a pretty good uh, youth ministry going on there. Well, we, we're kind of at a period at the moment where all of our youth have graduated in college and the rest of our children are at that preteen age. So our, our youth ministry at the moment is kind of on a standstill. Uh, right. But simply because they all, they all have grown and went on to college. Yeah, okay, so you're waiting for the next generation to get to that youth stage. That gives your wife a break. Well, a little bit. Uh, she's actually helping with the young children again. They, We've got a pretty good group of small kids just trying to raise them up to that next uh, uh, group of teenagers. Our last group has been pretty involved with uh, Impact, going out into the communities and helping you know repair homes and things like that. All right, good. Well, it sounds like y'all got a really good thing going on over there, Kyle. I think we do. We just try to, to uh, love each other, as the Word tells us to. Try to learn from God's Word, learn from each other, and uh, try to remain faithful to Him. I've got that uh, recording that you sent in. It's uh, For those of y'all listening, it's Kyle Costin. He gets a word in about forgiveness, and we're going to share that in just a minute. Kyle, thank you so much. Appreciate you, my brother. I love you. Greetings in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Kyle Costin. I want us to say a brief prayer before we begin to take a truth from God's Word. Heavenly Father, would you open our, our ears that we may hear and our hearts that we may understand. And may we be willing to allow you to change us forevermore. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to touch on uh, the topic of forgiveness. Uh, three things about forgiveness. Uh, one, for an unbeliever. So frequently I hear uh, the comment of, well, you just don't know my past, or you don't know what I've done, or God couldn't possibly forgive me of the things that I've done in my past. And I just want to remind you from Ephesians uh, chapter 2, he says, look, when we were in our our deepest, darkest uh, trespasses and sin, when we were walking according to the world and according to the power of Satan, when we were living in the lust of our flesh before the foundation ever was, He had a plan to redeem us through the shedding of His blood. Jesus shed that blood so that you and I might have forgiveness 
of our sins, and it's according to His grace and His riches, not ours. Ephesians chapter 1, 7 tells us that. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. So regardless of our past, if the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart about needing a Savior, He can forgive us because He's already paid that price for sin. And the price of that sin was death, and He paid that. He paid it for you so that you might accept Him to be your Savior. And when He forgives us, He puts that as far as the east is from the west and considers us a new creation in Christ Jesus. Second thing we think about forgiveness for a believer. Paul was writing to the believers in the book of Romans and he shared with him his own personal struggle. He said, the things that I know I should do, I don't do. And the things I I know I shouldn't do, I end up doing. That struggle between doing what's right and doing what's wrong is real. And that temptations to do those things come from Satan himself. They come from our own flesh and our own fleshly desires. But see, he's faithful to forgive us and to continue to use us. Often think about Peter, one of his apostles, one of God's mighty men in in history, as he, he denied even knowing Christ as he hung on the cross. But yet our Lord and our Savior met him on the banks. After a night of fishing, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And he asked him that three times to encourage him, Lord, not to to hold on to what he's done, but that he forgives him and that he needs to continue to move forward in his service to, to the Lord that he might be used by him and later to become the one who stood at Pentecost and preached a mighty message where thousands were saved. So we can't we can't let that sin that we have in our life as Christians as we stumble, as we fall, can't let that guilt and that shame hold on to us because see Christ paid the penalty already for that. We simply need to come and ask his forgiveness. Third thing I want to touch on is forgiving each other. Colossians chapter three, verse thirteen, he says, Bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So as a reminder that we need to look at each other through the eyes of Christ. And when our brother does us wrong or we think he's done us wrong, we certainly need to offer the same forgiveness that our Lord offered you and I, that we might have that unity of love between each other, encouraging one another as we walk forward in our, our life with Christ and walking that the, the fight of good fight with Christ, if you will. And just to end our, our time together, our brief moment together, I want to share with you First John chapter 1, 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we simply need to confess those and repent. And repenting means turn away from that. Don't continue to do those things, but to repent and confess those before the Lord. And he gives us that promise that he will forgive us of all unrighteousness. I praise my Lord, my Savior, that when I stand before God Almighty, On that final day, I'll be covered by the blood of Christ. And because of that, he'll see his righteousness in me. But in the meantime, while we live here on earth, may we strive to to, um, live by his graces, forgiving one another and sharing his grace with other folks. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your forgiving grace that you've poured out on us. Continue to speak to us and guide us in, in all of our ways that we may live a life pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, may God bless each and every one of you. Amen.
All right, everybody, that's the show today. I know we went a little bit long. I didn't even get to play my favorite game, Who Dat, today. But we'll catch up with you next week. We'll get back on our regular format. Special thanks to Kyle Costin for being there for us in crunch time. And uh, hope that we blessed you today. Come back again next week and check us out. We love you. As always, feel free to send in your comments to servinghim at ucfnatchez.org or just leave it in the comments section on the website in the sanctuary.ucfnatchez.org. Thank you again. Have a good week.